part of decolonization to me anyway is understanding that anarchism has a place in decolonization because we have to decentralize all of this. We have had anarchistic societies for a long time. We had a large number of societies that had no cops, had no currency, were based on community-based consensus for decision-making. I think that anarchism has to grow past this idea that anarchism only existed in Europe starting in the, like the 19th century. You're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network with Nikki Stott. I wish to acknowledge country and also all the elders past, present and emerging who've been part of the struggle for so long for sovereignty and self-determination. The Indigenous Anicus Federation are based in North America and earlier this month they celebrated their one-year anniversary. The IAF position themselves within the context that Indigenous anarchism is an ancient concept, predating European anarchism by thousands of years, and that this ancient Indigenous anarchism was only recently destroyed by the forces of colonisation, capitalism and white supremacy. Indigenous peoples in Latin America went on to adopt the European anarchism that was initially introduced in that region by immigrants in the 19th and 20th centuries and shaped it to fit their own struggles and contributions. However, as the IAF rightly notes, in the Global North, in predominantly English-speaking settler colonial regions, such as North America and indeed Australia, anarchist movements are predominantly white and dominated by Eurocentric ideas about relations, culture and spirituality. The IAF is currently working to unite the unique anarchist struggle of Indigenous peoples in North America by providing a platform to share Indigenous anarchist ideas, struggles, philosophies and challenges. This week on Earth Matters, we'll hear from IAF members Bombshell and Insurgent E, reflecting on the formation of the IAF and their own personal and political histories as Indigenous anarchists, situated within anti-capitalist, anti-colonialist and anti-fascist frameworks. This audio recording was sourced with thanks from the Final Straw Radio. Um, sure. Jismas Perth and two different kinds of Cherokee. Um, I'm Oklahoma Cherokee and uh, Eastern Band Cherokee. I'm also ethnically Jewish and <laughs> a whole bunch of other stuff. But um, I'm also a decolonizing anarchist who is involved a lot in local things in Portland. I'm also an anti-racist skinhead, and yeah, that's me. Oka, commit pour moi. My name is uh, Insurgent Ipa, and uh, I'm a mixed uh, Kukapa and uh, white anarchist that's based out of the Sonoran Desert. My people uh, have lived along the river for a long time. I've traveled across the country uh, coming from a, a military family, so I've lived in a lot of different indigenous lands, and uh, yeah, that's that's who I am. I've been involved in radical politics for most of my life, to be honest. Um, my mom was a member of a radical organization when I was a child. And so I kind of grew up in this. And then as more of an adult, 
I was involved in anti-racist skinhead things back when I was a teenager, but I didn't really get involved in my culture until after my dad passed. Um, My dad is the indigenous one. Once he passed, I kind of felt like I had to carry on his legacy. Honestly, the last 10 years has been more of an education and awakening of my politics as far as abolition, you know, militant anti-racism, militant anti-fascism, missing and murdered indigenous women, the pipelines, etc. Back a few years ago, definitely kind of turned me from just kind of sitting on the sidelines into more of an activist and being a water protector. So, yeah. And then the things that have been happening in Portland have definitely worked in, in pushing me more towards what I felt like I needed to do to to keep my community safe. As far as liberation goes, there's no liberation until until the borders are gone and, you know, we're stopped putting kids in cages and stop treating indigenous people like garbage. So, yeah, so that's my story. Yeah, I kind of have a, a similar experience. Uh, it's <laughs> it's it's both similar and very different at the same time. My mother, she's the indigenous one. And it was her passing. When I was a kid, she was the one who always helped me center my indigeneity. Mm. Um, she was the one that, you know, took me to my first powwow. And, you know, I did my little dance that my grandpa taught me that is frankly pretty boring compared to the other <laughs> tribes. So it wasn't as flashy, but uh, <laughs> but she was no always there for me to do you. that. Yeah. It was about the time she passed also that Standing Rock was happening. And so both of those things took me from growing up in honestly a very conservative, pro-American, pro-U.S. military, pro-police family. And it made me start questioning everything about, you know, well, why why is indigeneity under threat? Why is my why don't I know my language? What's causing the poverty within my people? And Standing Rock was that chance to see people actually standing up and fighting. And I think for a lot of other people, you know, my relatives in the tribe, Standing Rock was also one of those moments where it was kind of like, wow, we have power. We can take power. That was kind of the beginning of my like anti-colonial journey. As far as my like introduction to anarchism, it really came when I was in college. I was uh, at a campus where we had one of these, you know, we had Richard Spencer come and uh speak and we had you know goose stepping literally goose stepping nazis marching around campus and being protected by the police and uh yeah we got together with a a group of comrades and we saw the people who were willing to actually stand up not the ones that wanted to hold a peaceful rally on the other end of campus to uh, distract people and it was kind of that the combination of that anti-capitalism and anti-colonialism and anti-fascism that really kind of drew me into the liberation projects that I'm doing today. So centering my my uh, indigeneity in the struggle, but also finding a way to be anti-domination and to build a, a world based on liberation and true freedom. It's very interesting to me how the biggest thing that they have a problem with is the word genocide in, in the media. If you look at the signs of genocide, I guess there is, I don't know what it is exactly what it's called but like going after women is one of the one of the ways women and children is one of the signs of genocide so it absolutely is i mean this has literally been going on for decades and has been ignored just within our own area 
in the state of Washington, there's something like 55 women and girls who are miss- currently missing right now. Not murdered, but just like nobody has any idea where, where they are. Western Canada and the West Coast is a pipeline for human trafficking of women and girls. When you look at the man camps along the borders, again, another place of of trafficking, it amazes me that people just want to, like, shut their eyes to this happening, yet somebody's buying it. (laughs) Somebody is preying on these people, but they just are like, no, 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 it's not happening. I think the latest statistic I saw was something like 82% of all assaults on indigenous women and girls are done by white men 82 percent if that's not a sign of colonization then i don't know what it is if especially if you're allowing your husbands boyfriends fathers whatever to go out and to prey on indigenous women like that and then turning a blind eye to it then you're part of the problem If you don't know the history of kind of American indigenous politics, in different parts of the country, you have mixes of different tribal groups because of relocation in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And where I live in the Northwest is one of the places where a lot of people from different tribes were relocated to. Um, I think Portland is something like the eighth largest population of Native Americans in the continuous United States. But what I see in our anarchist, communist, whatever, leftist groups is very white. And part of the reason that I do what I do is to hold space for the indigenous people of this area. The Indigenous Anarchist Federation really came about a group of uh, anarchist comrades just talking. You know, we're just like, we're indigenous, we're anarchists, we don't really have a place to hold space. It's, it's kind of like Bombshell was saying, we need a platform for indigenous anarchist theory and praxis. Like, what kind of ideas do we have? What kind of praxis are we doing in our communities? How are we resisting the different pressures that we're receiving from both co- corporations and the state? We saw the need for an organization to help build the tools and to try to create the community that's really needed for an anti-colonial, anti-capitalist, anti-domination movement. Pooling resources, pooling ideas, pooling experiences is really important. There's indigenous anarchists that have been doing this for a long time, but a lot of us didn't know each other. We didn't know (laughs) where to find each other. And so we kind of felt isolated and alone. Creating a space for us to meet each other, to discuss, to find strategies, to incorporate anarchism into our communities is kind of what this was born out of. And it's just been amazing to meet all these great comrades that we just didn't know existed and uh, (laughs) come together and work together. Yeah. (laughs) For me, it's on top of being, you know, a great experience um, with having great comrades and everything. It's also been a learning experience because we cross borders, you know, we're, we're covering all indigenous land, not just the U.S. And that's, I think, really important. 
Yeah, we've got people from Canada to Nicaragua. And so, you know, being that there's over 500 cultures in just North America alone, it's difficult, but it's also really enlightening because there's so many different cultural experiences. There's so many different types of colonialism, so many different flavors of uh, imperialism that we have to try to contend with and we can all support each other. And Part of decolonization to me anyway is understanding that anarchism has a place in decolonization because we have to decentralize all of this, all of it. <laughs> so all of it needs to go away. That's my spiel. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> You're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. This week we're hearing from Bombshell and Insurgent E from the Indigenous Anarchist Federation that was formally established in North America one year ago this month to provide a platform to share Indigenous anarchist ideas, struggles, philosophies and challenges. Yeah, I would say that like anarchism makes sense for us because we have had anarchistic societies for a long time. You know, there's some cultures that are much more hierarchical or based in domination. I mean, for example, the Aztecs would be a, an example of kind of a imperialist power within indigenous communities. But we had a, lo- a large number of societies that had, of course, no cops, had no currency, were based on community-based consensus for decision-making. And that just falls right into place with with anarchism. And I think that anarchism has to grow past this idea that like anarchism only existed in Europe starting in like the 19th century. The idea that you have to have like a revolutionary struggle in order for it to be anarchistic. Anarchism can exist completely in a in isolation. It doesn't have to exist as a reaction to anything. That said, there were actually, you know, <laughs> there's an anarchist revolution that occurred here in the United States in the uh, early 1400s that the Pueblo still talk about to this day, the Chaco civilization. You had this society that wanted to emulate the Mesoamerican societies, created these, you know, great kingdoms, started taxing people, started trading in currency, and then the people overthrew them. And they created an anarchistic society that was not based off of those hierarchies anymore, that got rid of all of these you know, the poor and the the rich. So the concept that anarchism is a unique thing to Europe or that we should solely focus on European contributions to anarchism is uh, is kind of short-sighted and it doesn't really do justice to anarchism. I think anarchism also has to accept that there's like, there's ancient and really sacred protocols for interacting with the land. Like, you see people just go off in the woods and they want to create a commune or they want to uh, make a community garden or, or do something like that, but they just want to go off in the land and create a settlement. And that's recreating a lot of the settler colonial idea that I can just go in the woods, I can take this and I can make this mine. And it doesn't have any regard for the land itself and for the protocols you need to do with your neighbors and with everything to to be at, at peace. So these kind of, of ideas of going off into the mountains and creating a commune in some ways can recreate a lot of that settler colonialism. I also think that anarchism really does need to make a place for spirituality mm. and also to allow hierarchy that's not based in domination. 
because a lot of our cultures have hierarchy and these hierarchies are not based in domination. They're not based in uh, control or power. They're based in respect and honor. And those things, when done in the original ways, do not have domination as, an, as, an, as a component of them. Um, so spirituality is, is kind of the same thing. You know, We're very spiritually tied to the land. Our spirituality is what centers our indigeneity. It's what gives us our understanding of our interactions with our you know plant and, and animal relatives. And without that, it's very easy to become overly scientific and overly analytical and to not have the right kind of empathy for the world that we live in. I would also like going off of that with the hierarchy. We also, depending on your culture, you deferred to someone who, who had more knowledge than you in ways especially with our matriarchal societies, there was a reason <laughs> that women were part of, of the hierarchy because they're the life givers. Um, they have the knowledge of our bodies. We're all, uh, all learning here. We've all, you know, missed things like, you know, there's a lot of great work that's been done in the past by like Gord Hill and Klee Benali. Those are some of the OG indigenous anarchists in Canada and here in the States learning from other anarchists locally, slowly that those materials are coming together. I think, honestly, it's going to take more on-the-ground praxis for us to really test these ideas out, see how they work, test and see how they're received within our own communities. It's really new for a lot of us, and indigenous anarchism in its, in its modern iteration is, uh, yeah, it's, it's growing, and it's, uh, it's a challenging project. <laughs> <laughs> Recently, we've worked on getting a, a series of stickers that we're going to send out to indigenous anarchists um, free of cost for them to organize like on the res or in their community, get the word out there, get people thinking a little bit more radically about decolonization, thinking about, you know, institutions like the police. In my personal experience, a lot of people on the res, you know, say F the police, but at the same time, they don't really have that same kind of concept about like the military. Mm. or uh, other types of state power. And so trying to expand this like universal concept on the res that cops are bad to a broader context of like the state itself and all of its apparatus are bad yeah. is uh, a part of this on the ground campaign. And if we can have stickers, we can have flyers, we can have things that al allow people to organize in their communities. That's going to be the on the ground stuff that really makes a difference and allows people to start building their own smaller communities within their tribes, within their community, within their broader community. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a really hard thing because there is such a tradition within our cultures of quote unquote warrior spirit. Our people were serving in the military before they were even citizens. So, you know, it's kind of a hard jump to make for a lot of young people um since they especially if they grew up in powwow culture you know powwow culture always is the beginning is always honoring veterans and honoring the military etc and definitely the u.s military sees that and they exploit it so it's hard it's hard breaking those breaking those chains but it it's i i think that there's a lot of young people also that see a lot of the BS that's been going on in their communities and how things aren't going to change unless something does change and they change. So, yeah.
The Indigenous Anarchist Convergence is happening up in Flagstaff, and it's going to be a really cool event. It's uh, August 16th through 18th um, in Flagstaff, Arizona at the Palo Ugan uh, Info Shop. It's on uh, traditional Navajo lands. It's being organized by a whole bunch of comrades all over the state of Arizona, New Mexico, basically the Four Corners region. And uh, it's a really cool opportunity to get together with other indigenous anarchist comrades, anti-colonial folks, anti-capitalist folks that are working on a wide variety of projects. We're excited. You know, we're not organizing this. This is, of course, being done by uh, the folks up in Flagstaff. But we're very excited. We're encouraging everyone uh, to go. Um, it's especially for indigenous comrades. But it's also important that we have comrades who are involved in uh Black liberation struggle involved in the the struggle for uh, Palestine. Any anybody you know, people of color need to come together, and this is something that we're really big on: is this type of internationalist, interracial solidarity. Race is is, is just a concept, but a lot of us people of color have experiences that are shared and struggles that could benefit from solidarity. Um, just like you know, AIM and the Black Panthers back in the day. Nowadays, there's there's even more uh, going on, and it's even more internationalist than before. This is a, a really cool opportunity to go up to uh, Navajo lands and to sit down and have some tough conversations about some some hard topics, and to make sure that we're growing as indigenous anarchists and uh, and those who are non-indigenous growing in our anarchism. There's been all this great stuff that has come out in the last five years, and I highly recommend doing a little digging and doing a little research and finding some of these authors. Um, uh, I never get her name right. It's Kutcha Balding Risley, I want to say. I'm totally butchering her name. Um, but her work on decolonized feminism and indigenous feminism is amazing and I highly recommend. I would also encourage people to read more, um, read as much as you can some basic texts that you can read uh, open veins of Latin America by Eduardo Galeano is a really good book. It talks about the colonization of the Americas. It talks about the introduction of slave labor, both in indigenous communities and with uh, expropriated black communities, indigenous people's history of the United States by Roxanne uh, Dunbar Ortiz classic. Work, really very that. good. Yeah. Um, 1491 new revelations of the Americas before Columbus by Charles C. Mann. I think it's really important for people to get an idea of what indigenous cultures were like before colonization, because all too often we frame our entire understanding of indigeneity based off of the lens of colonization without really appreciating how complex and how in, like how much ingenuity our cultures had and how much we contributed to the world through our inventions, through our agricultural engineering things that we still benefit from to this day. Our ancestors were really getting it. So that's a good book. Two recent books that have come out that are great is Our History is Our Future by uh, Nick Estes and then 500 Years of Resistance by Gord Hill. Those are great books as well. So if you start reading up on stuff like that, you'll get a little bit better idea for the indigenous experience, for our views, past, present, and uh, future. The other thing that I highly recommend is just talk to people. Find us. We're here. We're here in our community. 
and listen to us when we're trying to tell you things. It's so important that the exchange of ideas, but if you're not listening to the other person at the same time who's trying to have you understand their experience, then it's useless. Yeah, and I would say basically the same thing is is actually sitting down and talking to indigenous people as comrades, not only about our indigenism, because we do a lot of emotional labor when it comes to trying mm. to explain the same concepts over and over again, but also just meet us there as people because, you know, we all have different interests. We all, you know, some of us are obsessed with Rojava, you know, we're just as excited to talk about it as you or you know, um, like for me, for example, I'm one of those people that really likes to talk about automation and the potential use of automation and cloud computing for uh, anarchism in the future to limit resource extraction, reduce the amount of labor that's needed, you know. So it's not just all about land relations or something like that. We're a complex people and we have a full worldview that includes our indigenism and our indigeneity, but it is a little bit more complex and a little bit deeper than that. So uh, yeah, reach out to us, talk to us, ask questions. We we like it. Just make sure you, if you ask a question, make sure you've looked it up beforehand to see if maybe there's already an answer out there. You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. This week we heard from Bombshell and Insurgent E from the Indigenous Anarchist Federation that was formally established in North America one year ago this month to provide a platform to share Indigenous anarchist ideas, struggles, philosophies and challenges. You can check them out at iaf-fai.org and also on their socials. And the Indigenous Anarchist Conference runs from August 16 to 18 in Flagstaff, Arizona at the Thala Ugin Info Shop and welcomes Indigenous peoples, black people and people of colour. You can register online at thalaugan.org forward slash IAC hyphen registration forward slash. Thala Ugin is spelled T-A-A-L-A-H-O-O-G-H-A-N. This week's audio recordings were sourced from The Final Straw Radio, a weekly anarchist radio program broadcasting out of occupied Cherokee land in southern Appalachia. They can be found at thefinalstrawradio.noblogs.org. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Radio Network for all their hard work in bringing you this program today and the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous support. Earth Matters is produced at 3CR Community Radio in Fitzroy, Melbourne, and we can be contacted at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com. That's all for now, but tune in next week for more environmental and social justice stories. Genocide here is a lot more sneaky than it is in Rwanda or other places around the world. It's one thing white fellas learnt in the last 200 years to be very sneaky about their genocide. You look at the 38 nations that were here before white settlement and then you count up the numbers that are still surviving, still out there doing their business on their country. Well, there's only 25 left, so what happened to the other 13? Let's talk about the Black GST. 
genocide to be stopped, sovereignty acknowledged and treaties made. Tune into Fire First every Wednesday from 11am till 12 midday on 3CR with Robbie Thorpe. Those people who have no land rights haven't got justice, but neither do those people who have land rights have justice. You're listening to Community Radio Network around Australia, brought to you by 3CR Community Radio. So stay tuned as we bring you news, live updates, music and interviews with Aboriginal people from around the country. The only free body we have is the Aboriginal government on the grassroots and the Aboriginal embassy on the lawns outside the old parliament house. We will not go away. And as that stone rests in that mountain, and as our spirit rests in this country and over this country, we will not go away. Neither shall our power pass. And that's here forever until justice comes. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.